And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hudnall. This is the Ken Hudnall Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Gateway to the Old West and the most haunted city in the country. Well, today's September 22nd, 265th day of the year. 100 days remain till the year's over with. And holidays observances. National Ice Cream Cone Day. Uh, the poster child ought to be President Biden, who is quite often shown having an ice cream cone. It is American Business Women's Day, American Indian Day, Car Free Sunday. Hmm. Chainmail Day, Dear Diary Day, Fall Prevention Awareness Day, Hobbit Day, Hug a Vegetarian Day, International Day of Radiant Peace, Molly Independence Day, Michigan Indian Day, National Centenarians Day. If you know somebody who's a hundred, Go up and hug them. National Dante Day. National Elephant Appreciation Day. National Girls Might End Day. National Khalid Day. National Eggwear Day. National White Chocolate Day. Native American Day. World Carl Free Day. And World Rhino Day. Well... The, uh, let's see. In 904, the warlord Zhu Quanzhong kills the Emperor Zhao Zong, the penultimate emperor of the Tang Dynasty, after seizing control of the imperial government. 1236, the Samogitians defeat the Livonian Brothers of the Sword in the Battle of Salve. 1499, the Treaty of Basel concludes the Swabian War. And in 1586, the Battle of Zutphen is a Spanish uh, victory over the English and the Dutch. 1692, the last hanging of those convicted of witchcraft in the Salem Witch Trials took place on this date. All the others are eventually released. 1711, the first attacks of the Tuscarora War began in present-day North Carolina. Uh, the Tuscarora, well, I can't pronounce it. Uh, Tuscarora War was fought in North Carolina from September 10, 1711 to February 11, 1715. Between the Tuscarora people and their allies on one side and European-American settlers, the Yamasee and other allies on the other, this was considered the bloodiest colonial war in North Carolina. Tuscarora signed a treaty with the colonial officials in 1718 and settled on a reserved tract of land in Birdie County, North Carolina. The war incited uh, further conflict on the part of the Tuscarora and led to charges in the, excuse me, changes in the slave trade of North and South Carolina. The uh, 
first successful settlement of North Carolina began in 1653, and the Tuscarora lived in peace with the settlers for more than 50 years, while nearly every other colony in America was involved in some conflict with Native Americans. Most of the Tuscarora migrated north to New York after the war, where they joined the five nations of the Odinoshawnee Confederacy as a sixth nation. You know, had the uh, everybody just gotten along, been a much different country. 1761, George III and Charlotte of Mecklenburg-Strelz are crowned king and queen of the Kingdom of Great Britain. 1776, Nathan Hales hung for spying during the American Revolution. 1789, the office of the United States Postmaster General is established. Also in 1789, the Battle of Rimlik. Alexander Suvorov's Russian and Allied Army defeat the superior Ottoman Empire forces. 1792, Primiti Van of the year one of the um, French Republic calendar as the French First Republic comes into being. 1823, Joseph Smith claims to have found the golden plates after being directed by God through the angel Moroni to the place where they were buried. And supposedly he translated them, and from those plates came the Book of Mormon. 1857, the Russian warship Lefort capsizes and sinks during a storm in the Gulf of Finland. Killed all 826 people on board. 1862, a preliminary version of the Emancipation Proclamation is released by Abraham Lincoln. 1866, Battle of Kiripati is uh, Paraguay's only significant victory in the Paraguayan War. 1885, Lord Randolph Churchill makes a speech in Ulster in opposition to the Irish Home Rule Movement. 1891, first hydropower plant in Finland is commissioned along the Tamarkosk Rapids in the Tampiri, Perkanma. 1892, locomotive shunting uh, falls into a hole in the ground, leading to the barrel of the locomotive. 1896, Queen Victoria surpasses her grandfather, King George III, as the longest reigning monarch in British history. 1910, the Duke of York's Picture House opens in Brighton, now the oldest continually operating cinema in Britain. 1914, German submarine sinks three British cruisers over a 70-minute period, killed almost 1,500 sailors. 1919, a steel strike in 1919, led by the Amalgamated Association of Iron and Steel Workers, begins in Pennsylvania before spreading across the United States. 1934, the Gresford disaster in Wales kills 266 miners and rescuers. 1939, World War II, a joint German-Soviet military parade in Breslovsk is held to celebrate the successful invasion of Poland. 1941, the Holocaust in Ukraine. On the Jewish New Year Day, the 
German SS murders 6,000 Jews in Vincia, Ukraine. Those are survivors of the previous killings. It took place a few days earlier in which more than 24,000 Jews were executed. 1948, Gail Halverson officially starts parachuting uh, candy to children as part of the Berlin Airlift. Also in 1948, Israeli-Palestine uh, conflict. The all-Palestinian government is established by the Arab League. 1957 in Haiti, Francois Duvalier is elected president, known as Papa Doc. He was said to be a powerful voodoo chieftain, which is one reason he held on to power for so long. 1960, the Sudanese Republic is renamed Mali after the withdrawal of Senegal from the Mali Federation. 1965, Indo-Pakistani War of 1965 between India and Pakistan over the over Kashmirians after the United Nations calls for a ceasefire. Um, 1966, 24 people are killed when ANSET ENA Flight 149 crashes in Winton, Queensland, Australia. 1974, Sarah Jane Moore, a uh, follower of um, Charles Manson, tried to assassinate the U.S. President Gerald Ford, but uh, is foiled by the Secret Service. 1979, a bright flash resembling a detonation of a nuclear weapon is observed near the Prince Edward Islands. The cause was never determined. They still don't know what happened. 1980, Iraq invades Iran, sparking nearly eight-year Iran-Iraq war. 1991, Dead Sea Scrolls made available to the public for the first time on this date. 1993, a barge strikes a railroad bridge near Mobile, Alabama, causing the deadliest train wreck in Amtrak history. 47 passengers are killed. 1993, a Transair Georgian Airlines TU-154 is shot down by a missile in Sukhumi, Georgia. 1995, a E-3B AWACS crashes outside Elmendorf Air Force Base in Alaska. That happened after multiple bird strikes to two of the four engines uh, soon after takeoff. All 24 on board were killed. 1995, the Agricultural school bombing is carried out by the Sri Lankan Air Force, in which at least 34 die. Most of them ethnic Tamil school children. The um, it was in Jafina, according to various accounts, between 34 and 71. Um, Tamil civilians were killed, and a lot more were injured. Sri Lankan defense spokesman admitted the incident but claimed that it was a LTTE facility and most of the dead were LTTE cadres. Journalists and human rights organizations reported the imposition of censorship and said the airstrike took place about 12 hours after the government imposed press censorship on reporting military events. The staff of the um, 
Agricultural Government School noticed the bomber activity around the school the morning of Friday, September 22, 1995. Several children came out of school and sheltered under a tree waiting for the bombers to leave. About 12.45, a bomb fell near the tree, instantly killing 39 and injuring others. Um, some people injured by the bombing later died from their wounds. The uh, rationale was actually never determined. 2006, 23 people were killed in a maglev train collision in Laufen, Germany. 2013, at least 75 were killed in a suicide bombing at a Christian church in Peshawar, Pakistan. I've said before, the rationale behind suicide bombing makes no sense to me. As um, Patton said, you're not asked to die for your country. You're asked to make the other guy die for his. So a suicide bomber violates that tenant by in all likelihood being the first to die. Alrighty. Well, we're going to talk about um, the occult. Now, very few people realize the meaning of the word occult. It simply means hidden. I wrote a book on the late 70s called The Occult Connection. UFO, Secret Societies, and Ancient Gods. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. In fact, a lot of my books are available on Amazon. Just look up Ken Hudnall, K-E-N-H-U-D-N-A-L-L. Now, in discussing the occult, most people think it has to do with black magic. And that is one part of it, yes, but that's not... As I say, the word simply means hidden. We're going to start out talking about Thoth and magic and Hermes, Trismegistus. The... Uh, He's a mythical figure, and also an ancient prophet. But whatever you may think he is, the figure of Hermes, Trismegistus, is shrouded in mystery. But you have to ask yourself, where did the founder of Hermeticism really come from? Now, Hermes was a uh, mystical figure, as I said. Revered by many as an ancient prophet who shared his knowledge of alchemy and the occult sciences through his writings in the, the ancient world. And to uncover the truth about this particular figure, we have to look back at the furthest reaches of ancient Egyptian myth to draw together the, the seeds of the legends of that actually became a man. Now, ritual and religion 
pervaded every part of life in ancient Egypt. A plethora of exotic and unusual gods and goddesses made up their pantheon, worshipped as masters of the natural world. Well, gods were many worshipped of in this ancient religion focused on the uh, king as intermediary between the people and the deities. You had ancient texts hidden for centuries in tombs and sacred underground uh, vaults have now been unearthed. And these texts show how people beseeched the gods and gave offerings to them to ask them for their blessing and help in their various undertakings. The gods ruled over natural phenomena, the astral bodies, and aspects of daily life. Each deity was seen as a, an unknowable force, so depicted symbolically in ancient art, with different animals and objects and signs to represent these characteristics and convey the true nature of the god. During the Middle Kingdom Golden Age, Osiris, the god of the dead was one of the most important deities of the pantheon. Others included Isis, who offered help to the dead, and titled, uh, and also ruled magical healing and protection. She's linked mostly with um, baking and weaving and brewing. Associated with the sky was Horus. Um, Talon-headed, uh, a talon-wielding falcon-headed god with the moon as his left eye and the sun as his right eye, linked with Horus and also having the falcon as a symbol is uh, Ra, creator god who uh, would travel the sky each day and is. Uh, barge carrying the sun at night he had traveled to the underworld this explains darkness to everybody who knew the truth from the old kingdom which was about 3700 to um, 250 BC onward in the south was a god of wisdom writing and hieroglyphics as well as um, knowledge and calculations was very much thought to maintain equilibrium within the universe. He was said to stand at the side of uh, Ra's solar barge as it traveled across the sky. His wife was Maat, stood on the opposing side, and Thoth played a important role in Egyptian mythology and while his uh, worship was most prominent in the city of uh, Kaminu called Hermopolis by the Greeks the uh, city of Hermes of the city of the sun god he was worshipped in many areas in Egypt the figure of Thoth uh, developed greatly over time and he later became a mediator between the deities overseeing battles between good and evil, as well as becoming associated with magic and religion and philosophy and science, even credited with giving a movement to the astral bodies. Well, the role of the gods in ancient Egypt differs 
somewhat to gods and other traditions. Egyptian, the Egyptians didn't just tell stories to explain the world, but expressed their views of the reality through the relationships between divine forces and how they interact. Uh, and that involved the gods. Each deity represented an area of divinity or force, rather than being seen as a individual entities in the same way as you would see an individual people. Gods can be combined into a composite deity, becoming an amalgam of forces and symbolism. Sometimes one god was even said to exist within another deity. When one deity displayed the tendencies of another god or took on a similar role, often the gods would be grouped by shared traits, although others uh, combined uh, to highlight um, how some forces opposed others. One example of this was Amun, invisible, all-pervading creator, uh, being uh, combined with Ra, the god of the sun, the source of all the power and energy to, to create Amun-Ra, who bridged both of these aspects. Toth is linked to the moon, and one specific aspect of himself is the moon and the moon god sometimes uh, depicted with a uh, crescent moon and lunar disk on his head because of the association with the moon in this form he appears as a man with the head of an ibis with a focus of commanding times and seasons takes the Head of a baboon when his focus is equilibrium and balance, as the god Ion. As ships, he takes the head of a hawk. Mendez, the head of a bull. When depicted in more general terms, he takes the form of an ibis entirely. And he's seen as a self created god who calculated the creation of the heavens. And indeed, as the tongue and heart of Ra, directing the solar barge across the skies, giving uh, Ra um, mental reasoning and the speech with uh, which to uh, enact his will. Well, by the 12th century B.C., Egypt had uh, faced centuries of unrest and battle against the Hittites. Political chaos ensued never truly regained its strength. A wave of uh, Hellenization reached the shores of Egypt by the end of the 4th century B.C. After the conquest of uh, Alexander the Great, the Egyptian people resisted as uh, Ptolemy, a Macedonian Greek general, was instated as king, remodeling himself in the, on the Egyptian pharaohs of old. The new Greek ideals um, entering the uh, century after the conquest had a profound impact on uh, Egyptian religious life. King Ptolemy I introduced the worship of new gods in order to unify the two opposing traditions of the Egyptian people and their Greek rulers. Called uh, Interpretation Gracia. 
Greek gods and myths were equated with those of the other religions, and is an easy way to understand the invading culture. This was easily accepted by the uh, Egyptians, who were already used to combining their deities as one. Egyptian Osiris and Apis go into the near, into the new Serapis figure, joining Greek appearance with Egyptian. Uh, religious uh, ideas. This god was used as a poster boy figure for the Greek integration as the um, king took a uh, pre-existing belief and capitalized it on it, morphing the god into a magician, uh, an, excuse me, an amalgamation of the two. As you would see a magician Take two separate items and join them into one. The ancient Egyptian god Thoth didn't escape this fate. He too was a victim of the uh, attempt of integration. Thoth became associated with the Greek god Hermes as the two ruled over the similar forces in the universe. Hermes was the Greek god of uh, travelers. Doorways, boundaries, and their transgression, as well as um, herds and sheep and gymnastics. But he's most famously known as for being a emissary and messenger of the gods. Thoth also has been called a messenger, with some, while some downplay this side and focus on his aspect as a scribe. It's understandable why some would equate the uh, concepts of messenger and acting as an intermediary, particularly with both figures uh, grounded in uh, diplomacy and equilibrium. Hermes uh, usually depicted with a, a cap and winged boots and a caracayon, a, a caduceus or herald's staff as a symbol of peace, often wearing a robe or a cape, only later developing into the naked youth we know today. Strangely, Hermes was also known for magic, as his helmet was said to conceal him, and it was he who gave uh, the magic plant to the uh, Odysseus to protect him uh, from Circe. In the Hellenistic period, after the death of Alexander the Great in 323 B.C., Hermes grew in popularity, and his feats became embellished and even more celebrated. Some have suggested that uh, as emissary and messenger, the, the god was viewed as uh, able to mediate between the worlds, the seen and the unseen. And because of this, uh, his sphere of influence might have extended into divination and magic like the Egyptian god Thoth. Soon the two gods had been completely conflated through the interpretario gracia and seen as one god. In the mid-first century, um, A.D., Thoth was even uh, venerated as a uh, thrice great, stemming from the Egyptian uh, idea of uh, composite deities with, deities with many uh, aspects. And while the exact meaning of thrice great is still unknown, we can understand uh, Thoth's uh, importance. You know, gods of word and writing are also uh, seen as uh, 
gods of magic. Up until the Greek culture pervaded uh, Egyptian life, writing and literacy were considered a secret knowledge kept only for the, the priest and the scribes. Thoth was often considered to have uh, created writing and languages as the scribe of the gods. Responsibility shared with the goddess uh, Seshet, seen as the uh, lord of books. He was a powerful uh, wordsmith. Many gods uh, linked to the art of writing were also gods of magic. Odin, the chief god of Norse mythology, was a god of wisdom, healing, and magic, and credited with uncovering the wisdom of the uh, the runes. Said to practice the ancient art of uh, sutter magic and sorcery, was the god who uh, activated the. Uh, and uncovered the wisdom of the runes by uh, hanging himself on the branches of the word, uh, world tree. He also uh, pierced himself with a spear as a sacrifice in order to call up the runes from the well of the norms or fates. Runes formed uh, the alphabet used by the Vikings for writing magical charms. Uh, once more, showing a link between writing and uh, moving between the worlds and magic. The same power is attributed to Thoth. Well, you know, in the Egyptian creation myth, Thoth adds five days to the year, uh, to the year allowing Geb and Nut to procreate and give birth to more gods. There's also uh, Something I've come across a couple of times, known as the uh, the Book of Thoth. And that's T H O T H Thoth. Book of Thoth was said to have been written by the God Himself. It's thought to have actually been a collection of text, forty-two books in six categories, said to contain all the philosophical knowledge of the Egyptian people. That book was referred to by Clement of Alexandria the end of the 2nd century A.D., who attributes the work to Hermes. The books were thought to have been translated into Greek and updated with Greek ideas. And it's said the books covered the laws and deities and priestly instructions, instructions on how to serve the gods, knowledge of the geography of the world and writing, astrology, and astronomy, religious compositions, and finally knowledge of medicine. And while some have tried to include the Book of the Dead as part of the Book of Thoth, that uh, was never accepted by the majority since he's only credited with writing part of it. An account of a fictional Book of Thoth appears to the uh, in the Ptolemaic period and states that it contains a spell to understand the language of animals and another to perceive the Parthenon of uh, deities. Now, this copy was originally kept in a series of uh, locked boxes guarded by serpents and hidden at the bottom of the Nile. An Egyptian prince stole the book, and in retribution, Thoth killed his wife and son, which led the, pre uh, the prince to commit suicide. Many years later, another man is seduced into killing his own children after stealing the book but it turns out to be an illusion to shame him into returning it and he does this only to find that the uh, 
bodies of the prince's wife and son, which he buries. According to this tale, humans are not meant to have all the knowledge of the gods. There's been a number of um, examples of that particular belief. Well, there's almost 1,500 deities in the Egyptian Pantheon that are known by name, and many of them combine with each other and share characteristics. Some of the more important are Ra, god of the sun. It was Egypt's most important sun god, also known as uh, Kepri, one rising. Atum, one setting, and Aten as the solar disk. As the main creator deity, he also uh, produced twin gods, Shu and Tefnut. Then there's Geb, god of the earth. As the grandson of Ra and the son of Shu and Tefnut, green-skinned Geb represented the earth and is usually shown reclining, stretched out beneath his uh, sister wife, uh, Nut. Apparently, uh, the Egyptians believed strongly in keeping the bloodline pure. Uh, so quite often, the pharaohs or the kings would marry close relatives. Then there's Nut, who was the goddess of the sky, granddaughter of Ra, but she was the uh, sky goddess whose uh, star-spangled body formed the heavens. Out above her uh, brother uh, Geb, uh, their uh, father Shu, the god of air. Then there's Isis, goddess of motherhood and magic, daughter of Geb and Nut. Isis was the... Uh, perfect mother who uh, eventually became Egypt's most important deity. More clever than a million gods and more powerful than a thousand soldiers. She had quite the reputation. You know, the Egyptians greatly appreciated the natural world, as you can see by some of the gods, particularly animals whose spirits were worshipped as divine. With Egypt's early... Uh, earliest known art representing animals alongside humans. Various creatures were placed in human burials as early as uh, 4000 B.C. And a relationship uh, was a fundamental part of Egyptians' evolving religion. You know, gods can be portrayed entirely as animal or in human form with the animal's head as imitated by a masked priest. Many deities also had sacred uh, creatures, which was worshipped in the uh, life then uh, mummified at death. Most important of these was the apis bull of uh, Memphis, believed to house the soul of the creator god uh, Ta. When alive, it was then worshipped as the underworld god Osiris after its death when the next bull was selected to continue the cycle. Other sacred bulls and cows were worshipped elsewhere in Egypt with uh, other animal cults, including the sacred crocodile of Sobek, representing the power of the king, and the sacred rams of the uh, creator god uh, Karun. There was also the 
ibis and baboons representing the god Thoth and the cat sacred to the feline deity Bastet. Such creatures were mummified uh, in their millions as physical manifestations of the divine and symbols of Egypt's devotion to uh, its creatures. Well, continue our list of the gods. It was Osiris, god of resurrection and fertility. Isis's brother and husband. Osiris was killed by his brother Seth, um, only to be resurrected by Isis to become lord of the underworld and the god of new life and fertility. Then there was Ptah, P-T-A-H, god of creation and craftsman, a creator god and patron of craftsmen who's a temple at Memphis known as the House of Tassol uh, is the origin of the word Egypt. And then there was Toth who we've talked about a good bit god of learning in the moon as uh, the ibis-headed god of wisdom and patron of scribes he invented writing and brought knowledge to humans. His uh, carved beak represents the crescent moon. And his uh, main cult center was uh, Hermopolis. Then there's Neith, goddess of creation. As a primal creator deity, represented by her symbol of crossed arrows and shield, uh, more like uh, Neith, uh, mistress of the bow, was worshipped at her uh, cult center, um, Sais in the, de- in the Delta. Then there's Amun, god of Thebes. Initially, the local god of Thebes, whose name means uh, the hidden one. Amun was combined with the sun god Ra to become Amun-Ra, king of the gods and Egypt's uh, state deity. Then it was Hathor, goddess of love and beauty and motherhood, often represented as a, a cow or a woman with cow ears. Hathor symbolized pleasure and joy and as a nurturing deity, protected both the living and the dead. In this segment, goddess of destruction, the lioness goddess segment controlled the forces of destruction and was the protector of the king in battle. Her small and more kindly form was Bastet, the cat goddess, protector of the home. I know of a a number of people who claim to have um, Egyptian um, felines. They were very uh, unusual animals, I do have to say. Then there was Horus, god of kingship. When his father Osiris became lord of the underworld, Horus succeeded him as king on earth, became the god with whom uh, every human pharaoh was then identified. And there was Seth, god of storms and chaos, represented as a composite mythic, uh, mythical creature. He was a turbulent god who killed his brother Osiris, only to be defeated by Osiris' son and avenger Horus, held by Isis. Nephthys, goddess of protection, fourth child of Geb and Nut. Nephthys was a partner with her brother Seth, but most often accompanied uh, 
Her sister Isis is a twin protectors of the king and of the dead. Anubis, god of embalming and god of the dead. The black jackal god Anubis was the guardian of cemeteries and god of embalming who helped judge uh, the dead before leading their souls into the afterlife. Then there's Tokrit, goddess of the home and childbirth. Tolaret was a knife-wielding hippopotamus goddess who uh, guarded the home, protector of children and women. It was evoked during childbirth to scare away evil forces. And there's bees. B-E-S. God of the home and childbirth. Was a dwarf-like god of the household who protected women and children alongside Tolaret. Like her, carrying knives for protection. In his case, he carried musical instruments for pleasure. And there's Mott, goddess of truth and justice. This was the deity who kept the universe in balance. Her symbol was an ostrich feather against which the hearts of the dead were weighed and judged in order to achieve eternal life. Well, now I'm sure there are many others, but I've given you some of the main ones. Now, Hermes, Desmogethus, was patron of philosophy, alchemy, magic, astrology, and credited as the instigator of one of the most mystical philosophies known to date. Historically, many consider Hermes, Trismegistus, as being an actual figure, a prophet, a contemporary of Abraham. Only one thing is for certain, though. The figure of Hermes is uh, surrounded in mystery, accredited with passing down sacred and ritual knowledge. Some say he wandered the lands of Egypt before even the time of Moses. Others believe he was a contemporary of Abraham, passing on sacred knowledge to him. Others consider him one of the a long line of prophets, passing on the core truth, the Prisca Theologica, from God in the same vein as the Persian Zoroaster. And some believe he's a ancestor of the prophet Muhammad himself. Hermes Trashmagistus was uh, believed to be the author of countless texts conveying uh, ancient um, wisdom. Many say he's the author of the 42 books that have been credited to Thoth. While Plato mentions a, uh, a hall containing 9,000 years of ancient wisdom at the Temple of Neith at uh, Sais in the Nile Delta. Now, some of these texts are collectively referred to as the Hermetica, which detail the knowledge of magic, the universe, and the mind in the form of a dialogue between a master and student. Indeed, the master was said to be uh, Hermes Trismegistus himself. Body of work was based on, uh, became the basis of uh, Hermeticism, dealing with magical plants and gemstones and making talismans and summoning spirits with 
astrology and the drawing down of the stars. One of the most important of the Hermetica text was the Asleepness, which explained how to trap demons and spirits inside statues, while his uh, Permandres from the Corpus Hermeticum detailed the creation of the world by the Son of God, known as uh, the Word, reminiscent of the biblical Genesis. Now, these texts were generally thought to originate between 100 and 300 uh, AD, and they can be divided into two types those that deal with philosophy and those that deal with magic. Hermeticism focused on using magic, magic one more time, magical religious uh, practices to transcend the constraints of the physical body. These teachings became popular through the Hellenistic period, linked to Platonism and Stoicism with um, of Jewish and Persian influences and it's all revival with the alchemy of the Middle Ages right through to the Renaissance. Well, various legends about the comings and goings of Hermes, uh, Trismegistus, uh, have been developed over the centuries. Some say he appeared in Islamic literature in the form of the prophet Idris, with his writing being recorded by uh, Yaquan of uh, Al-Safa, Secret Society of Muslim Philosophers, translated as the Brethren of Purity. Others go far as to claim that he traveled from Egypt to visit advanced races living in outer space and even to heaven himself before returning to earth. He's actually credited with building the pyramids. And Giza. An emerald tablet sheds light on these beliefs as it's seen as one of the foundations of hermetic practice written by Hermes Transmagidus himself. Tablets associated with the secret of the prime materia and the philosopher's stone. And although the origin of the tablet is murky, many believe it's another example of a source credited with being older than it actually is. In reality, the first reference to it is an Arabic text dating to between the 6th and 8th century B.C., Book of Palinas, uh, the wise, on the uh, causes legend says that the tablet was found in the arms of a corpse seated on a golden throne under a statue of Hermes in Tiana. Uh, tablet wasn't translated into Latin until the 12th century B.C. And the translation was found among Isaac Newton's papers and was picked up extensively by later mystical scholars. And the belief that the text and indeed the figure of Hermes Trismegistus uh, were ancient, an analysis by Isaac Casabon uh, in the 17th century examined the language used and revealed that uh, those were indeed much later than believed and could not have been written by the mystical prophet. Of course, that opinion has been challenged by many. It seems the texts attributed to the ancient prophet were Egyptian Greek texts written by multiple authors from the 1st and 2nd century A.D. and after incorporating beliefs and texts from much earlier Egyptian traditions linked to the god Thoth and included uh, and indeed updated to incorporate Greek ideas mainly for the political aim of social integration and uh, acceptance of a new branch of rulers in uh, Egypt. Figure of Hermes Trismegistus did indeed 
act as a much-needed historical basis for the tradition and drew together the disparate ideas, neatly packaging them as a coherent belief system with a central figure. And while the validity of Hermes and his writings are highly questionable and an absolute falsehood to most scholars, there is certainly no doubt his influence has reached far and wide across continents and across history to capture the imagination of a lot of folks and create a mystical tradition that countless people still adhere to today. You know, the a lot of this has been incorporated, in fact, into the tarot. And the Toth uh, tarot was a deck published by Ordo Templi Orientis in uh, 1969 after both the creators had passed away. They were painted by uh, Lady Frida Harris uh, based on the mystical instructions from Aleister Crowley and paired with... Um, his book on the deck, Deck of Thoth, written between 1938 and 1943. The depiction on each of the cards are inspired by various uh, mystical systems, as well as philosophy and science, in an attempt to reinvigorate and reinterpret the traditional uh, meanings as a... Uh, And it's encouraged for all initiates to the Order of the Golden Dawn as part of their uh, sacred journey. Now keep in mind that some of these traditions have no historical basis. Others go back thousands of years. The problem is finding the truth behind each one. Well, there's also something called aruspicy. Basically, that means people see signs in everything, including animal entrails. Ancient Romans searched through the bodies of sacrificed animals to see what the future held. I mean, when you create gods out of what you see and experience, that can lead to a lot of interesting interpretations. For example, Sol Invictus, the unconquered sun, the official sun god of the later Roman Empire and a patron of Roman soldiers. And it's believed that, uh, for example, Archbishop Canterbury Thomas A. Beckett consulted the Harrispects before an expedition against Brittany. Harrispects was somebody trained in Arispacy. Could uh, someone who could predict the future by reading the omens found in the intros of animals like sheep? Ancient Etruscans developed an advanced civilization in Italy before the Roman Empire was even thought about. Uh, possessing sophisticated forms of art and culture is no difficult when it came to divination. One practice that became popular with the ancient Etruscans was um, Harispe. In fact, it was so popular as with art and culture, it eventually made its way to ancient Rome. With the practice tracing all the way back to at least the 3rd millennium B.C., uh, Harispex 
somebody trained in it, as I said, could predict the future by reading omens found in the intros of sheep and poultry. To interpret the divine, they'd ritually slaughter a livestock as a sacrifice, butcher it, and examine the, uh, the size, the shape, color, and markings of the animal's internal organs. Primarily the liver, but also the gallbladder, heart, lungs, and then roast the meat to share in a sacred meal with celebrants. The sacrifice usually took place during ceremonies where the sun god could influence the entrails' appearance. Aristocles uh, would charge people to ask a question to which they'd be able to answer yes or no by studying the entrails, weighing up the positive and the negative omens and seeing which one prevailed. And as divination was a trust in elaborate practice, Aristocles had to undergo extremely specialized training in order to be taken seriously. There was actually a manual called Barutu, or Art of the Diviner, which... Uh, circulated from about 600 B.C. to, or even earlier, and actually covered 135 clay tablets. After the practice, which was directly derived from the Etruscan religion, was adopted by the Romans, it also became popular with both Christian apostates and pagans and continued to be regularly used well up into the Middle Ages. Babylonians were also famous for heresy which is mentioned in the book of Ezekiel, book 20, uh, 21, verse 21. For the king of the Babylon standeth at the parting of the way, at the head of the two ways, to use divination. He shaketh the heirs to and fro, he inquireth of the seraphim, he looketh at the liver. Modern society slaughtering your own livestock is often frowned on, so... Uh, Diviners have been known to substitute the uh, sacrificial animal for eggs instead uh, cracking them open and examining the insides. It's believed ancient heresies uh, used to read the entrails of animals because it was a lot more ceremonious and solemn than cracking an egg and presenting the findings. And if they were wrong, I guess you could say the yoke was on you. Well, on that note, we call the end of today's show. And our next show, on Monday, we'll be talking about Renaissance magic. Till then, this is Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show, saying have a truly great evening and weekend. Until then, goodbye.